Okay, so we are here in Har Lebanon Avenue S on the corner of East 9th. Thank Jerut Radio, jerutradio.com, Jerut on Facebook, Jerut app. If you please to join our weekly class every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Again, it's Har Lebanon on Avenue S in East 9th. Several Hasidim Siman Hayat brings the Gemara and Masechet Abu Dazara about Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel and the Bishma'il ben Elisha. There were the ten martyrs that the Roman government killed because they were spreading Torah against their decrees. Now when they were going out to meet the execution, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel asked the Bishma'il, I don't know what sin I have committed for them to execute me. So now Rabbi Shema'il tells him, maybe could it be that when you used to give class and spread Torah, you used to boast inside of you and you used to derive some pleasure inside of you when you were giving over the class. You saw the reaction on the students' faces and maybe you know their reaction sparked something inside of you where you got some pleasure out of teaching them Torah. Maybe that's why Hashem is executing this uh, punishment on you? He says, Nihamkani. He says, yes, you're right. Now I know why Hashem is taking him to execution. So the seven Hasidim says, Therefore, a word of advice, no matter what you do when it comes to Abodat Hashem, always be modest, always be secluded, always be hidden. There is no need to boast and let people know about your Ma'asim Tobim. We learned it from two rabbis that were arguing why this exactly happened. He tells me, maybe you got some pleasure out of it. So I saw Rab Chaim Kanievsky Shlita says this only applies to their time. But in our days, you should boast and you should have some pleasure when you're giving over Torah. You know why? He says, because no matter what, you always can have enemies. You know, there is no thing as 100% everybody like the class. You probably threw in one word or two words, maybe a few sentences, and you're going to have some enemies. So he says, this boast by the Torah because you're saying the image. If you say the image, there's nothing to, to be embarrassed of. And boast because you're doing what Hashem wants. But in the olden days, where everybody loved the class, they had no enemies, they wanted to drink the words of the rabbis, like the Mishnah, the Kabot, the Shoteh, the Ibrahim. He used to drink the words of the rabbis like water, like I'm so thirsty, I need you to drink water. You're not going to have any enemies, so it's a suit to boast. So again, whether it applies to our days or not, not so sure, but the bottom line is, when you make a ma'aseh, tob, be careful not to boast about it, not to show it off. We really learned this from the Meragiri. We're going to read some Pesukim and then analyze them. By the Ber Adonai al-Mushir Nemot. Shalach lecha anashim veyaturu et eres kenaan. Send spies for them. I want to say veyaturu is to spy the land, but it's even more than spy. It's really walk around the land and... It's observed to tour the land. That's a better word. To tour the land. Which land? 
Eres Canaan. Now, why Hashem has a call of Eres Canaan? Do we not know that Eres Canaan is the promised land? Okay. Hashem, I didn't know that Israel is Shehad, is Shehad, the Matea Botat Shlahu, called Nasibahim. Send the prince of every Shebet out to spy, to tour Eres Canaan. The Shlahu Tamoshem, the Midbar Pana Alpi Hashem, Kulam Anashim, Rasheb, and Eser Hemma. Rashi says, What does that mean? Kulam Anashim, Hashubim. They're very important people. Now, a few years ago, we explained the difference in what exactly was the sin of the spies. According to the Zohar, the sin of the spies was that they did not want to lose their authority. They knew that now in the desert, we're princes over our Shebit, over Am Israel. Once we get into El Israel, we all have to subjugate ourselves to Melech Mashiach, to one king, Beit HaMikdash. We're going to lose our chair. We're going to lose our power. We're going to lose our honor and kabod. So therefore, they did this whole thing in order to stay in the desert as much as they can because they didn't want to lose their power. That's according to the Lord. Again, many robbers argue with that, but that's not our topic tonight. But the pasuk goes out of its way and tells you, Kulam Anashim. Each one had a status symbol. And amongst the names, Mateo says, Gadi ben Susi. For the Shebet of Yosef, Shebet of Menashe. As we know, Yosef was split into two. Yosef, uh, Menashe, and Ephraim. For Ephraim, it says the Mate Ephraim, But when it comes to Menashe, it says the Mate Yosef, the Mate Menashe. Why? We'll see soon. These are the names of the spies that Moshe sent to tour the land. I know that already. Why do you keep on repeating for me, Latur Eta'ari? Ares, Kena'an, Ares. Not only that, Vishlah Ota Moshe, Latur et Eres Kena'an. The Pasuk again says, he sent them to spy to tour Eres Kena'an. And he tells them, Vayomar alihim, Aluzeb ben Neged ba'alitim eta'ar. The best way to go to Eres Kena'an is to the south. Go to the south, you go over the mountain, you go straight into Eres Kena'an. And he tells them, Uritim eta'ar mahi. I want you to check out the land. The Mahi said, how many times is going to use the word Ares? He continues, And also, don't forget to spy the two of the land. I want you to be strong. Don't be scared of anybody. You're going out here. Bring us back a souvenir. What should the souvenir be? Fruits of the land. And the Pasuk tells you, and when did he send them? It's the time where the great start Sprouting start to write. Now, if they came back on the Sha'ab Be'ab, as we know, and it took them 40 days, so when did he send them? Rosh Hodesh Sivan. Right? It makes sense. Rosh Hodesh Sivan to Rosh Hodesh Mechila, Rosh Hodesh Tamuz. I'm sorry. Rosh Hodesh Tamuz to Rosh Hodesh Ab, you have the 30 days. Another 10 days, Sha'ab Be'ab, that's 40 days. The Pasuk tells you he sent them in the beginning of Hodesh Tamuz where the grapes are ripe, where the grapes are about to come out. And they go, they listen to Moshe, and they go and spy the land. And they come back from spying the land. How many days? 40 days it took them. Rashi says it really takes them much more. But Hashem wanted them to come to Eretz so badly that he was kofet haderich, if you want to say. He, he, he folded the whole land for them, made it shorter for them, the distance shorter, for them to come back as soon as possible to Moshe Rabbeinu. Now they come back, so what's the good news? 
ויספרו לו ויאמרו באנו אל הארץ אשר שלחתנו. We have gone, we just came back from the land you sent us to. ורם זבת חלב ודבשי וזה פריה. You're right, משה. It's the best land on earth, not this new world. The best land on earth, Eretzvael. Zabat, Halab, Udbash, and this is the proof. They're bringing back grapes, clusters of grapes that you needed two men to hold. But they start complaining. We can't go to Eretzvael. There's Amalek over there. There's Anakim over there. It's too scary for us to go. Kaled hears this. Now Yahushua, by the way, stays quiet the whole time. We don't see Yahushua open his mouth. We see he ripped his clothing. He doesn't open his mouth. We can go. We can fight all the enemies. We can go up to the land. However, the Meragilim, the Tam Meragilim, This land devours its inhabitants. They started off by saying, Here are the fruits. They ended off by saying, It devours its eastern inhabitants. So let's see the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and the Meragli. Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, Don't forget to look at the land. By the way, we have the word two times in this week's parashat. Now, and by the Tzitzit. There's a very major correlation we'll get to in the end of the parashah ba'adat Hashem, in the end of the class. So Moshe tells them, I want you to observe the land. When Moshe tells them, I want you to observe the land, he's hinting to them, it's not enough to go to the land. I want you to actually take Musar, to take a lesson from the land. They come back and tell him, The land devours its inhabitants. So maybe we could explain that we know everybody tramples on the Aris. Everybody tramples on the Adama. Everybody steps on the Adama, and the Adama never opens its mouth. One time the Adama opens its mouth, that's next week's parasha, it swallows up Korah. When we get to it, the Hashem will explain why the punishment was an earthquake to open up the mouth to swallow Korah. But Mushur Abdullah tells them, you see the land, you see how modest the land is, you see how humble the land is, I want you to learn from the, from the ground. I want you to learn from the land. I want you to observe the ground. The ground, they trample on it, but what does it do? It keeps on giving its food over. It keeps on giving its vegetables. It's sweet. No matter what you do to the land, you hit it, you break it, you step on it, you spit on it, you ridicule it. However, the land always produces. I want you to take a lesson in the land. I know what your intention is, Moshe says. I know what your intention is. In fact, Hashem tells him, you know, I don't think you should send them. However, if you want to send them, you can send them. I'm just letting you know, Moshe Rabbeinu, they're going to come back with bad news. Now she says, I'm going to give them to stumble and to lit'ot. They're going to make a mistake, Moshe. So Moshe knows this even before he sends them. And Moshe says, I know why you want to go to the Aris. The reason why you want to go to the Aris is to come back and give us bad news because you don't want to lose your chair. You don't want to lose your power and authority. But I'm telling you, please, take it from me. Learn the lesson of the land. Be modest. What do they tell him, Rabbi? 
ארץ אוכלת יושביה You want us to be modest? People swallow up modest people. Eretz, Ochelet Yoshebehi. You want us to be like the Eretz? What happens to a person when he's modest? He's devoured by his surroundings. When a person doesn't want to hang out with a bad group, because he wants to do his own thing, because he's modest, because he's to himself, what usually happens? They ridicule him. They embarrass him. They don't have anything nice to say about him. So they say, Eretz? You want us to learn from the Eretz? Ochelet Yoshebehi. Moshe, it can't be. No, no, no. We're not taking the lesson from you to be modest and to be humble. In fact, we're not going to do that because if we do that, we'll lose our care. We'll lose our authority. That's what they mean by Ochelet Yoshebehi. If we're by the Eretz, if we learn from the land, we'll lose our status. Well, meaning we will get swallowed up and we won't have the status anymore. But Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them in this week's parasha what David HaMelech says in Tehidim. HaShamayim Shamayim LaHashem VeHaAretz Natali Bnei Adam There's only one being that could be um, what's the right word? Arrogant, if you want to say. There's only one being who can show off and that is HaShamayim Shamayim LaHashem only Hashem. So what do you have to be? Ve'aretz natali b'nei adam. And he's told you to learn from the Aretz. The Aretz is for us, but Hashem, Hashem malak yut l'adez. Hashem, Hashemayim, Shemayim l'Hashem. You know, they say a story about Rab Chaim Brim. Rab Chaim Brim, Zechot Sadiq HaKadosh Baruch used to always give his speeches by heart. Because he took the approach of the Ba'al Shem Tov, that whatever flows from your heart is what people should hear. So he never prepared anything. He used to stand and just spill everything by heart. One time they invited him for a speech, and he took out a paper, and he started reading from the paper. Now all the students are very surprised. They're shocked. He never re- reads from papers. Now all of a sudden he's reading from a paper? So he finishes the class, and they say, Rabbi, I want to ask you a question. Why did you change your, uh, your habits? Usually read with any papers. Whatever comes from your heart, it flows from your mouth. Why today you're reading the paper? Tell them, look at the paper. They read the paper. One egg, two milk, three tomatoes, four cucumbers. He said, I wasn't reading from the paper. They said, why did you take the paper out of your pocket? He said, because the speaker before me was reading from the paper. If I don't read from a paper, what are they going to say? Wow, look at this rabbi. Hashub Rabbi, he knows everything by heart. And in that split second, I would show off. And I would be arrogant in my mind. And not only that, I would embarrass the one before me. Why was he using papers and I'm not using papers? So to avoid the whole thing, and not to show off by the Torah that I know, I took out a paper. I wasn't reading from the paper. It's a shopping list. It's a grocery list. Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, I want you to go via south. I want you to take the south to go into Eretz Now, south in Hebrew, in Asuna Kodesh, is Negev. In Arabic, uh, by the way, it's Genub. The same letters. In Arabic, it's Genub. What is Moshe Rabbeinu telling them, Alu Zeba Negev, to flow with our concept and topic of being modest and being humble? So the Sefer Zod Zikaron, written by Halabi Yaakov Yitzhak in Lublin, Allah Shalom, says, Aluze ben Negev, Moshe Rabbeinu Zentin to them, the word Negev not only means south, I, how are you? It doesn't only mean south. Negev means Lenegev. 
להרחיב את עצמך מכל המידות הרעות. I want you to dry yourself off from all the מידות הרעות that you have. מרגלים, I know what your intention is. I know that you're very arrogant. I know you're going to come back with a very bad news report because you don't want to lose your status. But I'm telling you, Alu Zebanegad, you're wet. You're wet with all, the, with all the arrogance inside of you. I'm telling you, dry it off. That's the only way. You know, it's very hard. First of all, we're not judging the Meragirim. Because if we were in their shoes, we would do the same thing. But it's very hard for a person that has a symbol or status or authority or power for you to come and tell him you're losing everything tomorrow. It's very hard, so he'll do anything in his power not to lose it. He'll tell you, I'll, I'll be the rabbi of the shoe. Don't pay me. Just don't take away my chair. Just don't take away my chair. There was a rabbi. I forgot his name right now, what it is, what it was. So in his office, rabbinical office, he used to have two hooks on the wall, one for his coat and one for his hat. So they asked him, rabbi, What's the point of the two hooks, one for your coat and one for your hat? He says, the moment that you guys come against me or tell me I can't say what I should say, I'll take my hook, I'll take my mahila, I'll take my coat, I'll take my hat, I'll leave. I don't need it. But usually, many are scared to say what really should be said because they don't want to lose their authority. Opposite this rabbi. So he's telling them, I'll lose it, but All your thoughts that you have, all your, if you want to say, your agenda that you have planned, dry it off, shake it off. Don't be wet with all the midot ra'ot. I want to read you what the Bar Hayin, the Rabbi on Nadvorna, says. Nir'ala mar bederech remez, kol anashim shebamikra lashem hashibut. As we said, anytime it says in the Torah anashim, it's important people. Dehaynu shalach lecha anashim. Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Shalach lecha anashim, as a remiss to us in our life, Shatishlach mimecha et hargashat hashibut shibcha. You should take away Shalach lecha anashim. The anashim that you've built for yourself, the ones that you show off with, the anashim you think that you're, you know, the president, Shalach lecha anashim. Remove it from yourself. Rak tiheh anav veshafel be'anecha. Ve'aturu, and you should always be modest in your eyes. Ve'aturu milashon Torah. Ratsalomar kilmat Torah. The only way that you'll be modest and humble is if you learn Torah. Et eres kena'an. Now we said in the beginning of the class, why do you say have to tell us eres kena'an? Don't we know what eres kena'an? Kena'an milashon kena'an. Ratsalomar imidat ha'achna'an. Surrender yourself to Hashem. If a person is a show-off person, show-off person, or an arrogant person who will never surrender himself to Hashem. Asher ani noten ibnei Yisrael, the end of the Pasuk, zoi aitzah tovah, asher akadosh baruchu noten ibnei Yisrael. The best advice I can give you, Hashem says, be modest, be humble, surrender yourself to me. Don't forget about everything you've planned. When it comes to listening to Hashem, there's no en gabhut ishneamakum. En gabhut ishneamakum. When it comes to Hashem, It's a suit for you to show off no matter what. He continues the Bar Hayim and says, in the, in the name of Rabbi Naftali of Rabshi, in the last week's parasha we read, 
Moshe Rabbeinu in history will go down in his dictionary as the humblest human being ever was. So he asks a very, very simple question. You want to tell me Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know that he was the only one. Hashem begged Moshe Rabbeinu for a week, please, no one else will take B'nai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. It's you and nobody else. It's only you. So he's begging him, he doesn't want to go. He's begging him until finally he agrees to go. He does this team in Venezuela. He splits the sea. He brings down the man. He brings down the Torah. You want to tell me that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't feel a little bit inside of him like, maybe I accomplished something. Maybe, you know, maybe I have something to put on my, uh, on my resume. What's your resume, Moshe? Not, not so much. I split the sea. I just, uh, <laughs> what didn't I do? So he says, you know why Moshe Rabbeinu never felt arrogant in his life? And the Torah and the Kadosh Baruch Hu can attest to him that he was the humblest human being on the face of the earth. It's something beautiful. I'll read you from the outside. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went up to Shemaim, he saw a great light coming out of one of the heavens. And he asks Hashem, Hashem, what is this great light that's coming out of from over there? Hashem says, Tefillin. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Tefillin? For sure, Tefillin probably means jewels, precious gems, Diamonds, for it to shine so much, it gets closer, you see, it's made out of what? Leather of an animal. He continues, he sees another shining light. He says to Hashem, Hashem, what is this shining light? Tefillin also, he says, Hashem, tzitzit. Well, for sure, tzitzit is something made from very garments and very hashu begadim, very hashu clothes. He gets close, what is tzitzit made out of? Semer. Whoa! Something very cheap. Or if you want to take the easy way out, kind. Something very cheap. But yet it's shining. He continues. He's another great light. So Hashem, what is this great light? Hashem says, it's a sukkah. Sukkah? What are you doing in sukkah? You sit in it for eight days. Oh, sukkah for sure. It's made from tile, marble, something hashub, something expensive. He comes close. He sees, she's made out of what, Ravi? Leaves. Branches, wood, something cheap. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, seems that Hashem only picks the cheap material. So he picked me, why? Because I'm a cheap material. For he was never arrogant. Because what did he always think about it? I'm a cheap person. I'm lowest of the low. Otherwise, why did Hashem choose me? He chose a tefillin because it's made out of leather. He chose a tefillin made out of wool or cotton, something cheap. He told us to cut this man out of leaves and branches. You could get away with leaves and branches. You don't need a bamboo mat. You just leaves and branches you could get away with. Ah, oh, for sure he picked me because I'm the lowest of all. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu was never arrogant a day in his life. So Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them, Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them, so listen to me. Listen to my advice. And my advice is please, I'm begging you, learn from me. Learn from me. From me, I'm not arrogant. And, in fact, Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, you think I don't know that when we get to Eris Israel, Yoshua is going to be the manhig? It has to be. Why? Already in Parashat Shemot, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, you're losing the power. Because you complained, you're losing everything. You will see them coming out of Egypt, but you won't see them in Aleph and Achim. So Moshe Rabbeinu already knows. And also in last week's Parashat, they had a prophecy in the tent. What? Moshe met Yahushua Machnis. Moshe not only is not going to be leader anymore, he's going to die before going to Israel. So Moshe Rabbeinu could say, you know what? 
I'm not sending Meragelim. Because if I send Meragelim, they come back, we're going to have to go to Israel. I'm going to postpone it. Let me postpone it. Let me, you know, bask in my royalty a little bit. I'm the Manhig now. I'm the leader now. I was crying at those for eight days. My brother, look at my brother, my family. It's all connected in the family. Let me bask in the light a little bit, in the glory. Shalabim says, I know all that. And I'm still sending you guys because I wanted to learn the lesson. Be careful. Don't let the arrogance get to your head. The Bat'ayin says something beautiful. He says as a Midrash, that when Shlomo Amelech finished building the Beit HaMikdash, took him seven years. You have the splendid building, glorious, beautiful, stunning, all over the world they're coming to see. He's walking in the street now. Shlomo Amelech knew the language of all the animals, of the birds, of everything. He's walking in the street, he hears a bird speaking to his wife. A bird, a male bird, speaking to a female bird. And he tells her, you see this whole building? With one of my wings, I can knock the whole building down. And Ashwamah Melech has to hear this. He has to understand, how can he knock down a whole building with his, uh, with his wing? He comes over to me and says, excuse me, I couldn't help but overhearing. Over here, you speak to your wife and tell her that with one wing, you can knock the whole building down. Come on, you really think you could do it? So he tells him, what do you care what I say to my wife? Let me just, let me think, let me, you know... Let me shoot Hari by my, by my wife. Let me be arrogant a little bit. Let me, because my wife's not going to respect me otherwise. So I had to make something up. So that's the Midrash. So the Bat Ayin says, it can't be that the Midrash is only speaking to us about a story that happened to Salman Midrash. It's got to be something else. So he says, that Sipor, the bird, is a Yasser Allah. You've come now and built a name for yourself, which means you learn Torah, you go to Shi'udim, you're a God-fearing Jew. But the Sipor, with one wing, can knock you down. How? By telling you, go and advertise your good deeds. Go and tell people what you do. Go and tell your wife. Go and tell the people in the shul. Go tell your friends. Why? I'm sorry. Better your wife should not know. I'm not talking about only going to class. I'm going to, you're donating something to the shul now. There's no reason for your wife to know. You want to tell me because it's a joint bank account and the wife? Fine, I'm not going to get into that in the politics of the tax return. But better, nobody should know your good deeds. Because with one wing, which means with one word of Yetzirah, put a little bit of inside of you to take you away from being humble, can ruin the whole vineyard that you've built you. That's what the Midrash is telling us. So we continue, and not only is, uh, obviously, the topic of being modest is so important, but there's another topic in this week's parasha connected to the topic of being modest, if not even more important than the topic of being modest. And that is, Moshe Rabbeinu Tazam he keeps on repeating the Aris, which means Moshe Rabbeinu is telling them what happened with the site. The stifler, Zechel Sadiq Kadosh Bracha, was the father of Haim Kanievsky. Now, he was orphaned from his father at the age of five. And his mother kept on sending him to different Magidim in Israel, you know, to learn from them. The Magidim are speakers that go around from shul to shul. That's how they collect the money, that's how they make money. They teach people Torah on one purpose, with one purpose, and that is to be Mahzirot on the Chuba. 
So she kept on telling me, go from shoe to shoe, hop, be a shoe hopper, to listen to the, the betona of the Hasami. So he goes there, and he hears the speaker say, why does it say in the Pasuk, Le Mate Yosef, Le Mate Menashe, Gadi Ben Susi? What does it say when it comes to Ephraim, Le Mate Ephraim, Moshe Abinim? When it comes to your Menashe, it says, Le Mate Yosef, Le Mate Menashe, Gadi Ben Susi. So the speaker twists the Pasuk and he analyzes it in a different light. He says, Le Mate Yosef. Hashem sends the Neshama, Le Mata. Le Mata, and he down here to the world. For what reason, Sion? Yosef. He wanted to keep on building on Torah. But what happens to the body? What happens to the human being when he finally gets to the, to here to the Aretz? He comes down, he forgets everything. In Arabic, yes, sir. He forgets everything. Hashem comes in, Yosef. He turns him, go down to make Torah's vote, to gather Torah's vote. What happens to you? Le Mata So he says, Gadi ben Susi, Kadidi atalosus. Tell me, are you an animal? What is the difference to you, an animal? If you come down to the world and you forget your mission on earth, you're, so, you're, you're, you're compared to an animal. Gadi ben Susi, Kadidi atalosus. So that's what he hears the speaker say. He goes back and tells his mother, Mommy, Mommy, at age five, listen what I heard. So Matera Ben was telling them, Uri don't forget for us, not only for the Medagreen, don't forget that he came down to the earth. Uri Kemetari, they come back and tell him, We came back from the Aris. We came down here after 120 years, they got to Shamayim. Hashem says, No, what did you bring back with you? What do you mean? I brought back all the vacations I went to. What do you mean? I brought back all the food that I went that I ate, all the restaurants, all the good times that I had. They're dead for you out here. Here's the proof. I had such a good time in the Aden. Hashem said, you forgot the whole mission where you went. You forgot the whole purpose. Life's purpose is not to have a good time. Yes, you can have a good time. There's nothing wrong with having a good time. If there was something wrong with having a good time, why does Hashem create so many food, so many pleasures? Hashem wants you to... To have pleasure. But don't forget your purpose in life. Moshe Rabbeinu tell him, when he came into Aris, don't forget the Aris. Don't forget why you went. Then you come back and tell him, oh, look what we brought with us. They forgot their purpose in life. You know, the Midrash says that there was the owner of the suit, of the horse. He takes them to the fruit market and he shows them all the beautiful fruits. The watermelon, the grapes, the oranges, Apples, beautiful, thinking that the suits don't eat from the beautiful fruit. What do the suits end up eating? Some hate that he finds them small, he stops eating them. So the Midrash ends off by saying, Hashem sends us down into the world because he wants you to enjoy in the real gems of the world. That is Torah, Mizbos, Ma'asim, Tobim. That's the real fruit. That's the real pleasure. What do we end up doing, Michael? We end up eating hate. We end up bringing back to Hashem not useless things, nonsense. We bring it back after 120 years. Just be careful. And Mateo said, Mateo Menashe, God give him to see. Be careful not to do like that suit. That's why the Basuk tells you, Aremid, of course, Aremid again. But that's what the Basuk is telling you, that Mateo said, Mateo Menashe. I heard that I'm going to something beautiful. Not yesterday, because he was here yesterday. Maybe he still is here. But I'm going to said, 
there was a rabbi that had to pray Arab Shabbat in a shul. He couldn't find any shul. He finally walks into a shul. He's sitting down. What did he end up figuring out? It's a reform shul. Shemai said. What am I going to do? I pray If he was there or not, it's a ma'asay. We don't ask questions that are ma'asay. Baba Maasay. It's a ma'asay. So he sits down Friday night. He, he's praying with them, however they pray. But he, he couldn't help but beg them to allow him to say a few words of the Bitura. That was the thing to the speaker. He must say the Bitura. So he tells them, please allow me, please, the Bitura. No, under no way, no how. There's no debate on you. Don't, don't you. don't you figure it out? We have the men and ladies sitting together. We have the, we have the hadar with the microphone. Don't you, didn't you figure it out that there are reform shul already? He says, with all that, even close those, please allow me to take the debate on It comes three minutes here. Three minutes, you're on the clock. He says, three minutes? Three minutes. I'm a religious person, and my word is my word. I promise you three minutes. I want to tell you a story of what happened in Shammai. In the heavens. Between heaven and hell, there's a, a wall made out of brick. Brick wall. Why? For people in, hev- in heaven, not, not going to go to hell anyway, but people in hell, not to go, let me say Gan Eden again, more proper. For the people in Gainam, not to go to Gan Eden. However, the people in Gainam said, we're suffering here from the heat. New York heat is nothing to compare to the Gainam. Today was 88 or something, 90 is nothing. We can't breathe anymore. So they started to dig and to make a hole into the brick wall in order to get some coolness, some Gan Eden, fresh air, into Gainam. And they did this. And the people in Gan Eden said, hey, 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 it's not fair. These people made out of their whole life and they're in Gainam. For them to get some fresh air from Gan Eden, it's not fair. So they took them to Bedin. Now the rapper looks at his clock, his watch, and says, Time, my three minutes are up. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. What happened to the story? What happened to Bedin? He says, my word is my word. Three minutes, I'm a religion of reverend Jews. When I say three minutes, when I give you a promise, and it's a promise, I can't say, then I take all the time you want to tell us what happened. So it's all the time you want. And he said, no, I have all the time that I want to have. So he starts giving me a vessel to lean, a vessel to lean, a vessel to lean, a vessel to eating kosher. Then I say, Rabbi, because you told me all the time I want. Yes, but what happened with the court case? So, oh, I asked the speaker for two hours. <laughs> oh, the court case, the court case. They found the favor by who? By the Ilam. Anybody know why they found the Ilam was the, right? They're the ones who won the court case because they have all the lawyers. So, this is the story Anwar Haq said. And he ended up saying after the story, Many people, you know, they feel like there will be laws after 120 years to justify why they got away with not learning Torah and doing it as what they're not seem to be and acting in the way that they acted. But he tells you, I want you to know one thing. By Shamayim, they don't look at how much money you had, whether you had money or not. They don't look at the pleasures you had in life. They don't look at the fancy car you drive. They don't look at the fancy house you built for yourself. They look at one thing. Did you fulfill your mission on earth or not? Your mission was very simple. Your mission was to learn Torah. Again, on your own pace, on your own level. No one's asking you to be Moshe Rabbeinu. This is impossible. But they're asking of you. 
Lati. Uri Lati. Why were you not Uri Lati? We had, we had a goal for you. We had a dream for you. After 120 years, you come and you do a certain thing. But how come you didn't fulfill your mission? That's what they go to ask after 120 years. But what happens? person becomes a lawyer all of a sudden. Starts justifying, no, I couldn't go to class because of this. I couldn't learn Torah because of this. I couldn't give Shadakah because of this. They don't want lawyers. They have plenty of lawyers, and we know where the lawyers end up going. Again, it's a joke. If anybody's offended by it, take it up with Rabbi Amr. It's hot. Not my words. You know, the Hafez Haim brings a beautiful mashal about this, about what happens when a person forgets their mission in life. And we learn it from the Mera Galim. They had one mission. Their mission is to go. Nobody's telling you to speak Hashan Allah about Eretz You go, you come back, tell us what you saw, and that's it. But for you now to come and say, no, we can't do it. They're too strong. They will kill us. They will crush us. They will devour us. That wasn't your job. Your job was to tell us what you saw. But for you now to start saying Hashem, like she says, she says, even HaKadosh Baruch Hu cannot overcome these Anakim. Who are you not to start saying what Hashem could do, what Hashem cannot do? Your mission was to come and speak and tell us what you found in your land. Give us a report and that's it. So the Habit Haim says, don't forget why you came to the world. He says, at this time, he was in Radin, in Poland. So there was a cigarette company that started out. And in order to entice you to buy cigarettes, they were giving you two packs for free on the grand opening day. So there was a person in Yeshiva. He was a little bit, you know, in Arabic, he said, Al-Baraka. He was a little bit, you know, a little bit slow. I can't find proper words for it, but he was a little bit slow. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to say special, but it was a little bit slow. So he heard about this advertisement. He away two packs of cigarettes on the grand opening day. However, it would take him two days to get to the factory where the manufacturer is. said, you know what? Free is free. He forgot that he has to pay for the train tickets. He, has, he forgot that he has to pay for maybe a hotel to board in. Well, as long as it's free, we go, it's free. So he takes this arduous journey. He goes, takes him two days. He finally gets there. He gets his packets of cigarettes off. And all the way back to Yeshiva, he's smoking the cigarettes. Taking two days going, two days coming back. He comes to the students and says, No, let's call him, uh, is there any Moshe over here? There is Moshe. So let's call him Yaakov. Any Yaakovs over here? No. Yaakov, what would you bring back with you? I don't bring back anything. I smoked everything. They just started making fun of me and embarrassing him. You went all the way two days and come back two days to not bring anything with you. So the Hafez Haim overheard them. And he said, don't make fun of him. That's us. He said, what do you mean? We, we don't smoke, Rabbi. Said, no, no, it's not about cigarettes. Hashem sends the neshama from a billion light years away, from Tachat Kisei Kavod, comes down to the Eretz. Make Torah, learn Torah, excuse me, learn Torah, do mitzvot, ma'asim tovim, be a good Jew, don't forget your mission. Yet we come back after 120 years, and we have nothing to show for ourselves. You're making fun of him because he has nothing to show for himself. We don't have anything to show for ourselves. So we think that by the class that we go to, or by the few hours maybe that we learn during the week Torah, that we absolve our whole 
commandment to learn Torah. No, you have to live Torah. That was the problem of the Meragilim. The Meragilim forgot what their purpose in life was. They thought they had to go, and now they have to justify why they had to stick us out because they don't want to lose their authority, because they don't want to lose their stature, they don't want to lose their honor. Nobody asked you that. But they forgot their mission. The tour, Simon Chavdale says, Nachon liyot kol adam zahir vezariz bemizvat tzitzit. Hashem says, when you wear the seat, or you tell motor, the purpose of the seat is to have something on your body to remind you of Hashem we know, ends up being uh, eight strings, four quarters, ends up being 613, that's 613 He says, He says, in the olden days, you had to wear the seat with the hair, with a turquoise color. So therefore, it was very hard to find a turquoise color. But therefore, if you didn't find it, you didn't have to wear the seat. However, today, if you don't have the hair, it's a big honest, it's a big rebuke and a punishment for a person not to wear the seat. And the vision on the high says, if you wait to seat, you will remember Hashem and you will do all of his most. So that is a very famous question. How can we see people wearing to seat? And even more, more than one person to see. Never did so. If we see him sheep. And we see him lie. And we see them making Aberot. So where's the promise of every person that wears his, that wears his seat? We'll never do any Aberot because he always remembers Hashem. So really, I saw something nice in the Oda Hayim, in Shirhan Aruch, Siman Chavdalit. Yesh lo'agim lo'istakel batitit keshe magi'im le'ur'item oto ve'liten otam ala'inayim u'minhag yafehu b'chibu gamit. It's a minhag to take the tzitzit to kiss it and pass it over the eyes. The Mishnah Brura over there, Siman Chavdalit Sa'id Zayim says, I saw in the olden book anyone who passes the tzitzit who puts them over his eyes when he says the parashat tzitzit has a guarantee he will never go blind in his life. So now Rabbi Shlomo Kluger asks in a sefer of Bahadab Hayim how come we've seen people wearing tzitzit and they do go blind? And he asked the same question that we asked before. How come we see people wearing tzitzit? And it says, However, they wear tzitzit and they don't remember Hashem's commandments. It's the opposite. They go against Hashem's commandments. He says, When it says, You will never go blind. doesn't mean physical blindness means you will never forget your mission in life. You won't go blind. If you really adhere to the mitzvah of seat, if you wear it, you know, there's, all, there's one person that wears it just because he has to wear it, and another person that wears it because he wants to remember Hashem's commandments. In fact, the tool says it's like a person where his wife tells him, don't forget to pick up Ed on the way home. 
but he has a horrible memory. So what does he do? He ties a string on his finger, a red string. He's coming on the way home. He's about to open the door. Oh, I, forgot. <laughs> I forgot to buy the milk. He goes and he buys the milk. However, there's people that wear the red string and they still forget. It's not just his teeth per se. It's what do you do when you wear his teeth? Yes, we see a lot of people wearing his teeth. However, they do Adderot. Now he says, You will never go blind to your true purpose in life. That's why we open up the class by saying this, They forgot their mission in life. When you wear your CC, don't forget your mission in life. You have to always remember. The Midrash says, the brings it, Midrash and Parasha Yudzayin Perikzad. He says, Hashem, you know why Hashem wants us to remember the Mizvot and not to forget our mission in life? He says, there's a mashal where a person was drowning in the sea and the captain of the boat threw him a life, uh, what is it called? Uh, not vest, it's a buoy. It's called a buoy. I didn't know that word. Buoy, I didn't know that word. Baruch Hashem, buoy. Hey, you're right, I did hear that word he threw him a buoy. He says, as long as you hold on to this buoy, it's a funny word, actually. as long as you hold on to this buoy, you will be saved. If you let go of the buoy, it's over. When Hashem says, Hashem is saying, in 2019, you're in a very dangerous time. You're in a very dangerous place. If you don't hold, hold on to the buoy, if you don't hold on to the vest, if you don't hold on to the Torah, to the shah, if you don't hold on to your seat and know why you're wearing your seat, you could be swallowed up by what's going on around you. The Maragalim says, which means it's impossible for us to go into Eres Kenat. We'll be swallowed by the environment. We will forget why we came to the world in the first place. We see the Amalekim, they're having a good time. In fact, one time we said, we said, all they do, all they're having a good time. Eat, drink for tomorrow when we die. That's all we can do. If we go to Eris, we'll be devoured by the society. That's why Hashem said in the end of the parasha, he uses the same word in the beginning of the parasha. Not only do you retain, he uses Hashem told them via tour with Eris Kanaar. He says in the parasha of the seat, the same word. They use their eyes because they saw that this is the land and we have to be devoured by it and we, there's nothing we can do about it. But the Mizvah to see is teaching you don't forget your purpose in life. That's the main thing. Tzitzit comes from one word, Metit min harakim. Who's Metit min harakim? Who's always watching over us? Hakadosh Baruch Hu. However, there's two kinds of people. There's one person that says, Hashem is too lofty, Hashem is too great, Hashem is all the way up into mind. He doesn't watch over me. This person will never wear to see in his life. We'll never wear to see. Why? Because just like he believes that Hashem is too lofty and is very far away, he starts being arrogant himself. By him being arrogant himself, he'll, remember, he'll never remember that Hashem is really very close. There's another human being that says, one second, if Hashem created me, that means he's always watching over me. A father always watches over his children, no matter if they get married, Right? No matter if they get married and they have children of their own, he still watches over his kids because they're his kids. Hashem created me. Can it be that he's not watching over me? So this 
Second time, the person says, let me raise his seat. Let me do something to remember, to remind myself that Hashem is always watching over me. That's why seat me harakim. And we'll end up with this. The Pasuk says, And it was the days where the graves started coming out. What do graves remind us? I've seen Mother Mansa talk about it, Mother Joey Haber talk about it, because it's really, it comes from the Kliyakar. The Kliyakar says, graves make a person drunk. When you're drunk, you forget everything. When you forget Hashem, you forget everything. When you don't cling on to Hashem, you forget everything. That's why the Pasuk tells you it was a very dangerous time. And when was it we said? It was which means the summer months. The summer months is very easy to forget Hashem. Drowning in society, drowning in the vacation spots, drowning by this is what goes. This is what everybody does. So why can't we do it? Fine, but if you do it, you will end up doing the same abira as the Meragilim. They forgot their purpose in life. They forgot that their purpose in life was to listen to... In fact, Hashem says, Did you forget that your shilihut was Ati Hashem? Did you forget that it was Hashem that sent it to shilihut? So why are you doing what you want to do? Don't forget your purpose in life. So, again, we want to thank Jewish Radio, Har Lebanon, if anybody wants to come, please be part of our class, 8 o'clock in Har Lebanon every Wednesday night, corner of Avenue S and East 9th. So the lesson today, tonight was, don't forget your purpose in life. If you don't forget your purpose in life, there is no way that you could be arrogant. Because if you believe that everything comes on Hashem, He's watching over me. He gave me everything. I have to look at the artist. Remember the artist. Remember where you came from. We can't tie it in with the Mishnah that says, you came, don't forget where you came from, where you're going and what's going to happen to you. That's another topic in itself. But I think we hinted, we hinted to it tonight. Don't forget where you came from. Look at the artist. Be humble like the ground. Remember Moshe Rabbeinu, Anam Mikola Adam, because Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hashem is picking me, because it has to be that I'm the lowest of the low. So why did the Meradim go against what Moshe Rabbeinu said? So Hashem should give us a zakhut to always remember to be modest and to humble, and with that zakhut, Hashem should bring us Moshe Hitkenu, build us a better Mikdash, be Merabi Amenu, Amen, Ve Amen.